Blog Talk Radio. Women have the power to transform this world. We can end crime and violence if we all agree to do one thing. Share. Let's share our wisdom, share our time, share our talents, share our finances, but most of all, let's share our love. This is The Female Solution. Join me, Naima Latif, every morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, as we bring you stimulating discussions about the issues affecting our lives. If you're listening online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution, press the blue button that says follow and get our daily topics every morning directly to your email and your smartphone. Hi, I'm Naima Latif. Executive Producer of the Female Solution Radio Show. We invite you to call in 515-605-9325 and participate in this daily think tank as we examine the challenges we face and develop solutions that restore peace and harmony. We are global transformers, changing the world from the way it is to the way it should be. We are one. Wherever we live on this earth, we are one human family. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to extend a greeting to all the members of our family, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world. To our family in China, Ni Hao. In India, Namaste. In Japan, Konnichiwa. In Korea, Annyeonghaseyo. In Russia, Zdrastutsye. In Germany, Guten Tag. In Poland, Dzień Dobry. In France, bonjour. In Spain, hola. In Italy, ciao. In Egypt, ahsen wasalen. In Ghana, akwaba. In Nigeria, peleo. In South Africa, saobona. In Senegal, nangadef. In Kenya, jambo. In Israel, shalom. In Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia, assalamu alaikum. Greetings. And may peace be upon you all. Life, I've done my job. I can go home and rest and know that everything will be okay. Because one put a thousand to flight, and you know, a thousand can touch twenty thousand. Just for one testimony, it takes one testimony to three million. Isn't that amazing? But guess what? Hey, this is what the life we live. So guess what? Welcome again to Sofa Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green. I'm going to bring on my co-host as well as my guests, and I want you to maybe grab a pen and pencil. You might learn a little something today. You know, keep your mind open and keep your freedom free. How about that? Okay. Thank you. All right. Okay. Grand rising. Here we go. Grand rising, beautiful people. <laughs> Grand rising. Yes, yes. It's a wonderful having you on. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, yes, yes. I'm, I'm listening to the, what's in the background. Like, what is that? <laughs> yeah, we're hearing so, a little feedback. Did you hear something? Yeah, I'm hearing, I'm hearing a little feedback. 
feedback, uh, uh, Kathy. Okay. I think we're having some audio issues with Kathy's uh, oh. microphone there. You know, it could be. Do you have anything on, my dear? Miss Kathy, do you have anything on? Anything in the background? Yeah, or or any other windows open.
noticed that even, you know, children grieve totally different than adults, you know, and uh, the grief patterns are totally different also in, you know, demographics. Everyone approaches grief differently, even in cultures. So grief uh, is, like I said, it's a wide-scale uh, thing. Um, I noticed also in uh, grief patterns um, in the young adults that, you know, as we get older, we grieve differently than, than even young adults. So, again, it, it, it depends on the perception, I believe, of, of where you are and what you what you are experiencing, what type of grief it is. Because grief comes with loss. You can grieve your, over your keys. Oh, I lost my keys. Oh, my goodness, I can't find my keys. <laughs> done that and we lose that phone. Oh, Lord, I take oh, that. That's some, they have a name for that now, the anxiety that, that you feel when you lose your cell phone. I can't remember the name of it, but it actually has a name now because people – Keep all of their information on their phone, so the feeling of having lost everything in your life is so overwhelming when you lose your phone that they've actually created a name for that particular kind of grief. <laughs> but I have a question though, because I've had some, I've had some relatives that had children, and you know someone in the family died, and they didn't want the children to go to the funeral. And they didn't talk about the death around, like a grandparent, you know, somebody who was in the child's life. And say the child was four years old, and they felt like, well, they shouldn't go to the funeral, and we don't talk about it. Or they would say something like, uh, oh, she's just sleeping. But, you know, they wouldn't address the death with the child. And I felt that that was inappropriate. I I think children can understand anything you can explain to them, but... What are what are your thoughts about that? Like when a family member dies, because you know when it, grandparents die, if you if you have a relationship with your grandparents, they're gonna probably pass on. You may be a child. How should parents handle that? And what are signs that a child is grieving? Because most of the time I see children, you know, misbehave. They're angry. Uh, and they end up getting punished for their expressions of anger, and I think parents don't know what the signs of grief are, and they don't know how to handle when a family member passes away that the child might have been close to. They don't know how to handle it and explain it and let the child participate in the the, the ceremonies of their their transition. So what do you what do you advise yeah. in that situation? Well, I have a go ahead, Miss Kathy. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to first uh you know, wanted to explain this because a lot of people don't understand that grief is a personal reaction to a loss. Mm-hmm. Grief is grief is a personal reaction to a loss. In other words, every your grief is your grief Another person's grief is their grief. No two people grieve the same. Uh, just like uh, Dr. Debbie Green stated, grief is personal. Yeah. Now, with children, it's totally different from adults and also cultural differences because different cultures approach grief differently. Uh, unfortunately, with the African-American community, uh, I have to say this because I'm African-American. I'm colored. I'm black. I'm, I'm a female, I can talk about me, uh, my, my my culture says that, you know, everybody's going to die one day, just suck it up, you know, get over it, and I always get 
and, and with children, uh, children grieve differently than adults. With children, I, I notice that the millennials and the young people that I meet, I told Naima, I meet young people in Walmart and Walgreens, and I can always tell. I can look at the tattoos on their neck, on their, mm. their chest, on their arm, R.I.P., rest in peace. They have pictures, tattoos, and, I, and you can tell by their facial expressions, uh, grief will manifest itself somehow. With the millennials and young people, you'll see it with tattoos. With children, they withdraw. And you have to be, uh, you have to have your spiritual antennas up uh, to recognize there is a physical manifestation of grief, especially with children. But the initial response as an adult, as a counselor, is to build up the confidence in that child. Let that child have confidence in you. You have to get their trust by just talking to them. Just showing them love, just talking to them. I, I can't, I call it talk therapy, Dr. Debbie Green. Uh, the grief counseling, uh, we meet, I told Naima. That's exactly what it is. It's talk mm. therapy. We meet every third Saturday uh, where I am a uh, licensed minister at a Brazier Church here in Chicago. Uh, also, Naima, you're going to put that 24-hour uh, phone number on the screen? Well, you'll need to uh, send it to Dr. Debbie because she's yeah, controlling I'll send it, the screen. I'll send it to you. We'll <laughs> she has to pull it up. <laughs> yeah, uh, Dr. Debbie Green, we have a 24-hour 24 24-hour, 24 uh, phone line service where people can call in. I am one of the uh, certified uh, bereavement grief okay. We also have about nine of us. And what we do, you can call us at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning and just say, you know what, I had a dream, I'm having an anxiety attack, uh, you know that grief is heavy. It literally might feel like someone's stepping on your chest, Ooh. like you can't breathe, like, oh, I can't, yeah. my breath is so much, you know. And mm. so what we do is we talk you through that. We allow, we listen. Mm-hmm. We listen. And talk absolutely to, talk to you. So uh, you know, I always tell people, call, call, call me, call us. You know, we're here for you. Seven seven three two five forty one forty four. Now, is that anything like a suicide hotline where you know sometimes exactly. people call in distress, well, they're about to jump out the window, yeah, and people well, like it, talk well, them down? You know, Naima, it's it's like a, a preventive measure. You could call it a prevention. Again, I'm, I'm stressing is talk. Therapy. The problem with the young people today is that they don't have a voice, and that's why they're acting out. Because remember, grief is a personal reaction to a loss, and people react different ways. Some people start drinking. Some people do drugs. Young people act out. They do violence. And you see that manifestation so clearly in their behaviors. And that's only because we, as the adults, need to show them love by allowing them to communicate how they feel. That's why I want this beautiful young lady, Ariel, that uh, join us. She's young and she's been through some trauma. Um, Dr. Debbie Green, you said you sent her the link. I'm going to uh, call her. On our first she's in the backstage. I'm just trying I just, yes, we're going to introduce her in just a moment. She's yes. in the backstage. So um, I also want to uh, actually address that question. Yes, ma'am, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to talk over you. I, I just um, I wanted to also uh, address that question that Naima also said in symptomatic orders of grief when it comes to children. Yes. A lot of times children would shut down. They would get angry. They would 
isolate themselves, they'll stop talking. And usually mm-hmm. when this is happening, uh, that that's telling you that the child is actually getting into a, a depressive state, whether you realize it or not. And a lot of, a lot of adults, other adults, uh, parental figures uh, usually uh, want to not want the child to feel. They don't want the child to suffer. They don't mm-hmm. want the child to experience the grief, so they think they're saving them, but they're not. They're putting them at a very disadvantage because they're actually telling them to suppress it. Mm. When you don't allow a child to grieve, when you don't say, okay, grandmother has passed away, and how do you feel about that? You know, letting them know that um, that person is no longer here so that they can't go through their grieving stage because grieving stage is just not just your average stage of just bargaining, anger, depression, you know what I'm saying, or um, acceptance. You know, it's it's emotional outbursts, and we're talking about from the inside. It's a lot of uh, suppressed emotions concerning the loss itself and understanding that that physical person is not long, it's no longer going to be here. But not only that, the voice is gone. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You're not yeah. going to be able to touch that person. So all of the things that you usually would do if a person was here, all of those things are dealing with a loss. And the whole being has to actually go through grief. Your mind goes through grief. Your spirit goes through grief. Your body goes through grief. And your heart. All of the, the whole being grieves. And it grieves on different levels. They're not. That's the reason why uh, grief would get complicated. Because, you know, just because your mind might have accepted, your heart is still in it because the heart holds the issues of life. And because mm-hmm. it holds the issues of life, it is a replica of just the things that we deal with from moment to moment and, and day to day. So it, it is, uh, like you said, talk therapy helps, it assists, it puts them into a place where they can uh, open up if they are ready to open up and really, you know, explain, but most of all, uh, touch those delicate areas of their heart that's holding on to the grief and be able to speak it because if it's a suppressed thought, because we know words have power, words have power, so all the things, oh, I really miss her and I'm so angry because she's not here, that may not be said because your mother, they're dealing with children, the mother may say, oh, no, be quiet, sit down, you know? Yeah, I but they, see a lot the of child that. is feeling something. Yeah. And so it's been told to sit down and be quiet, especially with grown folks around. Y'all know how the black people do it. Don't say a word. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, this that's, is a, this is the pattern that thing, yeah. the child was making even prior, even prior to the grief. Oh, I bet not say nothing because I I can't explain. I can't do this. I can't do that. And yeah. then yeah. during the funeral, you still can't say nothing. They yeah. still want you to be quiet. Yeah. So if you want to cry, cry well, don't, don't, what you crying for? Sit down. Sit quiet. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like that. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to um actually uh, introduce our next guest. Um, you know uh, what, Dr. Debbie Green? Her first name I do not have. Ariel. Uh, so I'm going to. Ariel. Her name is Ariel. Yes. What's her first name, please? Ariel. Ariel. Thank you. Ariel. And Dr. Debbie Green. Okay, Ariel, Ariel Bragg. Yes. Before you oh, uh, before you introduce her, I wanted to say this to Naima and to our listening audience that grief has no expiration date. Mm. Uh, the initial stages of grief are five years. Can you see that? No, it doesn't. 
It does not have an expiration date. And uh, that uh, I, when you talked about the heart, I call it a hole in the heart. <laughs> a hole in the heart. There's a hole in your heart. You see that circle? And in that hole, you have a lot of different feelings. You have anger, anxiety, loss of sleep, appetite, mood changes, priority changes, things that used to be important to you, you could care less about. And then you have the triggers. I am like, we talked about this with your husband, your Mm -hmm. anniversary date, their birthday. All these things are factors that's in that hole in the heart. There are feelings in that hole in the heart. This is an awesome show. Let's bring Ariel on. Let's get it going. <laughs> okay, so we got 10 minutes to break. So um, we're going to go ahead and uh, bring uh, Miss Ariel Bragg, I'm assuming that's her last yes. name as well, um, on. Can we have you turn your uh, phone landscape so that uh, you know hmm. sideways so That's that strange. so that your screen is uh, wider? We can if we're able to do that. Yeah, I saw her. Let me see if I could change this. Okay. Yeah. We, oh, we, for some reason. I'm trying to change the landscape now and see if I no, can she, add her no, on. She like can't. That. Uh, she has to, she has to move her. There she is. There yes. she is. Hey, Ariel. Greetings. Yeah, no. yeah, she has to turn her phone sideways. That's, that's what she has to do. Oh, right. It's just... Hello, everyone. Um, my name's Ariel Bragg. No fancy titles. Just a human going okay. with Okay. All right. Like so we got the mic. Uh, let's see. Yeah, can y'all hear me? Yes. Okay. okay, you got an echo back there. Do you have anything else on? Mm-mm. I just I couldn't find my laptop charger because I would have used my laptop. I can't find my okay. charger. Mm. Dang it. I understand. I'm going to find it for the next Okay, one. can you hear me okay? Yeah. You're, you're good. It's a, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. an echo in the background. Yeah, there is. Well, I, well, I kind of came in a little bit. Uh, like you say, you can grieve over a lot of things, 
uh, a lost toy or a, a friend moving away. You know, children have a lot of things that hurt them. Or when parents are divorcing, and I've seen a lot of children begin to act out severely when parents yes. are divorcing because they're grieving the, 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 the breakup of their families. And I think we're not sensitive to signs of grief in children because culturally we're treating children like they're not supposed to express any feelings or they're being naughty or, or disobedient. And we tend to reach for punishment when they cry or when they scream or when they uh, when they when they throw a tantrum. And a tantrum is frustration of not being able to be understood. So I don't, I don't know if... Uh, well, I'm sure there is a way to help parents understand what to look for when a child is grieving. But, Dr. Debbie, what, what questions should people ask? And, 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 Kathy, I'm sure you've gone through this. You know, what yeah. do you ask a child? How do you ask a child, you know, who's acting out what's bothering them in a way that would help them feel comfortable explaining it or even give them the words to explain, say, if they're three, four, five years old? Well, I know with me, I start out by just saying, hi. You know, these kids now, they're totally distracted by social media, and uh, their attention span is not, they don't have a long attention span. So you got to pay attention to the manifestation of physical. You can tell by their facial expressions what's going on with that child. And like I told Naima, Dr. Debbie Green, I was on my way into worship service. Uh, on 38th in Indiana at the church, Apostolic Faith Church, and this teenager, he couldn't have been no more. I found out that he was only 15 years old, and he was walking slumped over with his grandmother, and I just, I was just coming up from behind them, and I'm all excited, I'm walking fast, but I looked to my left, and remember, Naima, I told you, I said, something's going on with that young man, mm. and I just turned my head as I was getting ready to walk past him, and I said, hi. And his grandmother said, hi. And I said, I looked at him, and I said, something happened, didn't it? And he stopped dead in his tracks. Mm. And then I, I said you know. to him, wow, pain is something, isn't it? And he just stood there. He, you, you remember, young people don't open up normally. They just don't. And then I started talking, right. and then and Dr. Debbie Green, I told Naima, I told him, I said, you know what? I remember when my mom died. I was so suicidal. Mm. And when I said that, Naima, Dr. Debbie Green, I could see the water appear in his eyes. Wow. And then his grandmother said, she said, African-American grandmother, she said, oh, my God. And then I just started talking. I said, you know what? People don't understand. They don't understand. And he still didn't say anything, Dr. Debbie Green. And then I started talking about, I said, and people say the wrong things, don't they? And then his eyes got more filled with tears. And then I said, I, I have to put a joke in it, Dr. Debbie Green, because I like to put comedy with these young kids. I said, have you ever seen that movie, The Terminator? And he looked at me, and I said, you know that scene in The Terminator where the Terminator grabs a person by the throat and he picks them up from the ear and his feet are dangling? 
I said, is this, don't you feel like you're just going to grab someone by the throat when they tell you your mom's in a better place? Wow. wow. And then he smiled. And we had a group support class right there on the sidewalk of 38th mm-hmm. in Indiana. So his we mother had died? Is that what had happened? His mother had died. His mother had just died like two months before that. Wow. And me and his grandmother, and we stopped, and we had a grief support talk therapy on the sidewalk on 38th and Indiana here in Chicago, right outside the church. Mm. And that young man, before he left me, we hugged each other, and, and his grandmother said, come sit next to us. And I said, no, we had our class, so we're, we're doing good. I, I gave him the phone number, Dr. Debbie Green, that I want you, I, I pray that you allow the listening audience to call in. And uh, his grandmother, and he, he thanked me. Mm-hmm. But before then, he his grandmother said he had locked it, locked it down. He wasn't talking to anyone. Because they his didn't know pain, what to say. His pain mm-hmm. was so deep, Dr. Debbie Green. It was so heavy that he mm-hmm. could not articulate how he was feeling. But parents need to pay attention. Yes, we need to, we need to open up and talk to these young people. That's what's wrong with them. We're not paying attention to them. Mm-hmm. Amen. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> I hope we can get Ariel. Well, the only way I get... Yeah, she's back. She's in the backstage. Uh, the only way I can actually put the number up, you have to send it to me because I don't have it. Okay, you I'll text you the number I'll if you wanted to be attached to your... Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's better. <laughs> oh, yeah, it sounds better, everything. Yeah, right, yeah. Okay, can you hear me okay? Uh, yes, I can hear everyone. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you. Okay, thank you. Oh, y'all got heads. All right, okay, well, welcome. Welcome to Soulful Solutions. My name is Dr. Debbie Green. How are you doing today? I'm good. I just got home from work, so I'm a little... My energy a little up still. <laughs> you reworked that night shift, huh? Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. Well, I know we got to take yeah, a break. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I was told, uh, uh, well, not told, but actually we need to take a quick break. And um, when we get back, we want to know what your, uh, you know, what your perspective on grief is, because I'm sure that's the reason why uh, you were invited to the group this morning to talk about what you're going through. So we'll be right back, okay? All right. And for those who are listening online and want to join this conversation, give us a call, 515-605-9325, and press 1 when you're ready to speak. we got a caller on the switchboard now that has pressed 1, and we will be right back after this quick break, so stay with us. in to Sofa Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green on Thursdays at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to hear great topics and stories on grief and turn it into victory. Join Dr. Debbie Green to listen to stories of triumph and learn how to overcome. You are not alone in your life and there is hope in the darkest hour. This is your time to learn strategies and solutions to improve your life. It's your time. So join Dr. Debbie Green with Soulful Solutions 
and call in on Thursday at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at 515-605-9325 with comments and questions. Look to hear from you real soon. Oh, man. God sent the monthly sun bill today. This sunlight is really expensive, especially during this season. I'll probably have to work overtime to pay it. Well, you better pay it on time. We don't want the sun to go out, and we're sitting up here all day in the dark. Wouldn't it be terrible if God charged us for sunlight? Well, thank God, the light and heat from the sun is free. So why are we paying such high bills for the energy we use in our homes? Because we don't know how to use solar energy, the free energy from the sun. You can convert your regular home to a solar energy home and save tremendously on your electric bill. Take a look at your electric bill. Wouldn't you like to reduce or possibly even eliminate that cost altogether? Let one of our solar consultants show you how. Call today, 312-849-3456 and schedule a free consultation. That's 312-849-3456. Do you want to live in a world without war? Join our global peace movement. Heavenly Culture World Peace Restoration of Light transcends culture, religion, ideology, and other boundaries to achieve a peaceful harmony in the global society. HWPL is committed to bringing world peace and cessation of war through peaceful dialogue between religious groups. I am Director Shin Suk Kim of the HWPL Chicago branch of North America. Join us for our next gathering. Call 773-580-1501 and be a part of the movement for world peace. Email us at chicagohwpl at gmail.com.
Soulful Solutions. Okay, you're on statewide. Everybody can see you from YouTube to Facebook, and they can also hear you on Blog Talk. Isn't that amazing how much power you just got today? Right. So, which means that, guess what? You're so close and personal. So, I want to ask you just uh, quickly, um, what is your perspective on grief? Like, far as, because I know if I could ask your age, please, how old are you? 32. 32. 32. 32. Yes, ma'am. So, uh, what what is your what is your per- 32? Uh, yes. Thir- was that an echo? Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, what what is your perspective on grief? It varies, I guess, depending on what you're grieving. Um, death, grief is it can be lifelong, but I know for me personally. Throughout, um, throughout my life and my own set of beliefs and what I practice, I've allowed death to become my teacher. You know, I've allowed it to teach me how to, you know, treat, you know, make more time for people I care about. But even besides that, I, I, I allowed it to kind of just teach me how to know when people do transition that, I mean, the body is gone, but the spirit is not. And I really firmly believe that, like, once they transition, it's just the body is gone. And it does hurt that you can't see people again, but I also look at it as I gain I gain a squad in the ancestor realm. I gain protection. So I don't – death still hurts, nevertheless. Um, I still will cry, of course, but, you know, you know, once – you know, I kind of – I won't say chill out, but just reflect. I'm like – I'm like I, I'm gaining I'm gaining a spiritual team. I'm gaining I'm gaining more protection. I'm gaining more insight. I'm gaining more wisdom. I I, I feel like when I lose people, um, I've gained more I probably wisdom and insight through death than some of them through life. There have been people that have transitioned and we never got on one accord while they were here, but I feel like we got on one accord when they transitioned when they wanted dreams and things of that nature. Yeah. Another type of grief I would say. Awesome, awesome. So that that's a okay. I thought you were saying good. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh well, I would say another type of grief too is grieving a part of you that you lost through other people. Yeah. Um, I I've been through abuse. It was bad. Um, honestly, I never thought I would come back to myself from it. And for a while, I grieved the old me. Like I was just grieving. Like how do I get back to her? Like when can I get back to her? It took a lot of accountability. Um, not to say that I fully blame myself for the things I went through, but I did take accountability for my role in the things I've been through. So it made it easy for me to get through grief. But I always just try to encourage people, you know, who are grieving to... I'm, I'm just saying appreciate, appreciate people while they're here. Because we don't have time. Like, we got time, then we don't have time at the same time. Like, we don't have time to... Well, it's like if you feel like people are valuable to you, reconcile now. Like, don't wait till they on their deathbed. Don't do that. Because then it, to me, then it looks like, so you had all this time to rectify the situation, but now you're waiting now. It, it kind of feels like you're still a little cheated. But even with that, people are transitioning. You know, when it's a situation like that, I feel like um, just how the body, like the woman's body, can prepare itself for birth, the body prepares itself for death as well. Mm-hmm. It's not sudden. It starts to prepare itself to death as well. And from 
from what I know, maybe people who work in certain industries, when people are leaving, their life starts to flash before them. Like everything that's ever happened, their life starts to come before them. So sometimes it takes for people to be going, to be transitioning for them to recognize what they did. Um, but I feel like, you know, if you feel like it's worth forgiving, forgive it. You know, don't hold on to it. It's definitely, I, I wish I could have, you know, not been so stubborn with certain people before they checked out. Yes. You know, it came to me from dreams and sensations and, you know, forgiveness. You know, so now I can have more peace on this round. But, like, I'm going to say, like, for other grief that I've been, like, when I, um, I know I came in a little late, speaking on children um, and, you know, them grieving and things like that. When it comes to the kids grieving, it's rough because, you know, you know, it's not a lot of emotional regulation when you're young. And even when you said something about, you know, like, why are you crying? You, should, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's so unfortunate. Do you, I, I, do you have children, and how old are they, and have they had the experience of having a loved one transition? I have an almost 14-year-old, and no, she hasn't. Mm. And I am expecting. So that mm. now I'm expecting a new child next year. But um, but I talked to my child about these things, even though she hasn't experienced it. But, you know, I talked to her about these things, and I just try to let her know now while she's young. Learn how to appreciate people if there is a problem. If you feel like you value this person, reconcile your situations now. Do not harbor it. Don't hold it. Don't sit around here. It's like, it's just, it's, it's just unnecessary. Ariel, can you... Uh, um Tell the uh, listening audience about the happiness and about that dream you had about the elevator. Oh, yes. Um, I was 11 years old, and I was looking out the window, and my grandmother lived up the street. I saw two escalators, one symbolically going up to heaven, the other one symbolically going down to hell. Everybody going to hell had baggage, suitcases, luggage, bags on their back. Everybody going to heaven had nothing. They were happy. They were smiling. Nothing. And I didn't really get the meaning of that dream until I became grown. And I started going through trauma and going through life. And then one day it kind of hit me like, you can't offend if you hold it on. You're going to weigh yourself down to hell. You're going to literally put yourself in a hell. And then you're going you're gonna to look at the world in a messed up view. Because, I mean, it's a lot like there's so many people on this planet, but everybody living in a different reality in a different world. Like you got some people that say, you know, most of the people they meet, they not worth nothing. And you get other people, everybody in my life, mean something so it's like I don't I kind of get irritated when people um I mean I get it I mean I get it you know we, we get our views based on the things we go through and all that like I get that but it's like at the same time like look at the whole world like and draw from the positive parts of it and I don't know I think I, I feel like people people need to take more initiative to surround themselves with better people and stop keeping people around us because you know for a long time because even that could bring you grief because, like, I feel like if you're around the wrong people, you'll never figure out who you are. Never. You'll never figure out who you are if you're around the wrong people. But that's kind of my perspective on it because I don't think I would have gotten to where I'm at if I didn't just take myself out of certain situations yeah. and stand on it. Don't don't, don't flip-flop back. Once you cut, cut a situation, leave it alone, move on. Don't flip-flop back because people are trying to take advantage of your feelings and your care for them. But you got to love yourself harder. I don't care. You have to love yourself harder than anybody can ever try to just take you back to old ways. I'm, I'm even currently going through like slight things now where I'm, I don't want to resort back to any old behavior. And I feel like now that I'm going at this place where I'm, I'm finding inner peace, I'm starting to find these ants 
and these lower level people trying to snatch me back in by doing just little stuff, whether it's talking crazy on the internet or, you know, maybe even calling me with a bunch of trauma that I don't care about and stuff that they don't have solutions for. It's like I'm just starting to catch people. It's like, I don't know, I'll say this, like people been watching me and um on my pages and all that and they you got some that's real happy for me. And you got other ones that's like, mm, let me call her and say some mess so I could get her upset or bring her back down. Like I'm starting to catch when people are like testing me to see if how far I've made it. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm over it now. But that's kind of my perspective on, like, grief. But I do feel like as far as these children, like, I agree, they don't have a voice. Most of them do not have a voice. And it's really unfortunate because, like, how do you how do you expect it to prosper if these children don't have one? And I, I literally can't comprehend why people... I don't know, kids, kids are the closest thing to God, in my opinion. Like, they're young, they're fresh-minded, they, they're, when they're not corrupted by stuff, I'm like, they're the closest thing to innocence and mm-hmm. So it's like, for them to go through certain things so young, and they don't have an outlet of, uh, like, love from other people, like, it's some kids, they may have lost their parents to gun violence or any type of violent death, and then they got, then they got to probably be left with family members who may not like them that much or just don't know how to handle it, or maybe they didn't like their parents. And because they didn't like their parents, they may treat the child like they treated their parents. You know, and I think that's real unfortunate, and I see that sometimes. So, like, whenever I do get the chance, I talk to kids. I love kids. I love kids. Like, I love my daughter's friends. Like, they all real cool. Like, they behave like kids. But I'm like, kids, I love kids. They they just, I don't know. I love kids. Teenagers, the troubled ones, the ones who seem difficult to deal with, that don't bother me. Because I'm like, they, I mean, at this age, if they're that difficult to deal with or that troublesome, what are they going right. through? It's not just out the blue. You got kids out here 9, 11 years old thinking about suicide. That's not normal. That's not normal. Mm-hmm. And it gets ignored. But like I said, too, it's a lot of people, they don't care about these kids. They don't mm-hmm. care. And I feel like a lot of them wasn't cared about as kids either, so they just feel like they just rather keep the, 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 the messy cycle going versus trying to clean it up. Which I still don't comprehend because it's like if you grew up hurt like that, why do you want to pass that along? Like, I just mm. I would never want my child to go through anything I went through. Yeah, I'm always talking to her, always talking to her, teaching her how to watch out for people and just I probably I probably she probably was at me sometimes like Mama, why are you telling? Because you need to know. I <laughs> not <laughs> <laughs> see you, your mama ain't. What I'm allowed to you for? Because I'm like that's gonna fall back on me if I'm just lying to you and teaching you certain things now, it, it, like it wouldn't make sense for me to do it I'm like your friends might lie on you because who knows for whatever reason so I'm just always kind of on her about stuff like that so mm-hmm. I don't want to go through what I went through mm-hmm. ever ever Definitely. so and she don't want to go through it either so I just make sure she listen too I don't have a hard headed child I, I'm proud to say that she listens for one she don't like getting in trouble she don't want no smoke she don't like getting in trouble she likes to she likes to save goody two shoes, keep her grades up, and that's where I want. She's an anime nerd, and she likes to make her own little cartoons, and that's where I want to keep her at. You know, so I'm even I even just try to tell her to watch, you know, watch who you hang with. So, Errol, yeah. did you want to share what happened to you that uh, okay. was a transformative thing in your life? A multitude of things. It wasn't an overnight process. What was what was the what was the the, the trauma that you went through? 
I mean, I've been, I've been going through stuff since a child, mm. since the age of eight. So, I mean, that could, this could probably be a long conversation on that, but I'm going to say the main thing I could say is I'm going to just be grateful for my own awareness. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only thing I could say. I'm grateful for my own awareness and my own ability to recognize and reflect. Everybody does not have, everybody, everybody is capable, but everybody just doesn't do it. So I'm like, I'm going to say, I, I learned from watching other people who I don't want to be like. Like, I don't want to be like that, so I'm I'm not going to be like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say one of my biggest transformative points, probably when my grandfather passed at seven. I was, yeah, seven years old. Um, it made me grow up real fast. Because, um, I mean, I don't know. That was I feel like my grandfather was my soulmate. That was my homie. That was like my rock. So when he clocked out, I just felt like everything just went out of order for me. But I grew up real fast. I got to, I, I experienced betrayal and just certain behaviors a little too young. You know, just a little bit too young. So it made me, I feel like it made me an old lady real young. So I was just like, mm-hmm. I'm going to just say it like that. I had a lot of transformative points. I probably have, a, at this point, I probably have a transformative point every three months now. <laughs> Seriously. It doesn't have to be from negative trauma. It's just, uh, it's, it's just I'm ever evolving.
Nobody should have to go through that. No pregnant woman should have to go through that. Mm. But it, it, taught, it, it, it showed me that my soul is stronger than I give myself credit for. I had women 90 years old sending me letters from jail, like, thank you for looking out for me. Wow. You know, she even got into a fight with a girl up in there because she, the woman, she, she, her people sent her money off it. So she was always getting tough. The other girl, she didn't get nothing. So whatever she got that was sweet or a treat from jail or whatever, that's what she had. And she come over there trying to take the little bit she had, and I wasn't going for it. Like, if you don't, you know what I'm saying, get up off her. Like, people always sending you money. You get phone calls, letters, and she don't get nothing. And we tussled about that. Like, we wow. about five months pregnant. We tussled about that. Like, you're not about to take, you're not about to take nothing from her. She don't get nothing already. That's low down. You know, that, that was real low down to me. So I stood up for her. Still cool with her to this day. And I still looked out for her even after she got out. I don't know. The whole jail experience, it was, it, it touched me. Like, you know, some people might say, like, I got into a bunch of fights. I'm like, it wasn't like that for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I transformed that for the time being I was there. So, I'm going to still say I'm grateful for my jail experience. Like, it, it was transformative. And even to this day, the, uh, the women who are out, we are cool. They invite me places. You know, they, they ask me to come to their parties. They don't, they have businesses. Some them got married. So, it makes me happy to know, like, at some point, you know, I made a positive impact in a stressful place. Wow. And I think because I was pregnant, you know, people, my family just, they, they thought I was stressed out, depressed. I was, I was a one. God told me you're going to be out before you had your daughter. And that was all I needed to know. So once I got that, I was cool. I was chilling. Just looking out for people. Just being cool. So I got all types of stories. Cycle war stories and everything. Wow. That's why it's really easy for me to relate to people who go through things. I'm like, I done probably, I done been through with other people who probably should have been deceased over, locked up over, or just loony in a straitjacket. But that's how, that's how I know I have a calling bigger than me, because I don't think I should have made it out of most of those situations. Okay, uh, 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 Dr. Debbie Green, I saw Ariel. She Sounds like, like some book material. I'm telling you, I'm like, when is the book coming out? <laughs> uh, Dr. Debbie Green, I saw Ariel. She's like Tina Turner. <laughs> she been through some stuff. Okay. Yeah. Come Feel on, Ariel. Seven. Come on, Ariel. You know I'm telling the truth. But it's like, you know, yeah. life, life will mess your head up so bad and you'll convince yourself you can't conquer it, but you can. Like, yes can like you can beat whatever yeah. life throw at you you really can there is no you can't climb out yes you can yes you can like even if it takes it's not gonna happen overnight but you know it can happen that's why i'm trying to encourage you get, get around the right people asap talk get around the right people talk to people who've been through stuff who like helping people like get away from people who want to keep you stuck because they don't want to climb out because we can be easily influenced by our peers you know, especially in my generation, even even in the 30s, a lot of a lot of us still get influenced by up here. So I just want people to like, you can beat everything. Mm-hmm. It ain't nothing you can't beat unless you tell yourself that. Right. And a lot, I think a lot of people should find you find your practice, find your belief system, find find something to believe in. Cause I'm like, I feel like people gonna disappoint you a lot. God won't. Hmm. That's just my opinion. I'm like, I mean, hey, Ariel, 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 say that again. Say that again, Ariel. God won't disappoint you. People will, though. <laughs> People will. Yes. I told Ariel this, Dr. Absolutely. Okay, well, we got about five more
Yeah, you want to take a caller, uh, 312-834 has been hanging on for a bit. Um, we got five minutes, please. Let's take the caller real quick, and then I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you. Thank you. All right. Uh, uh, area code 312-834, please introduce yourself to our listening and viewing audience and give us your question for our guest. Good morning. This is LaToya Wiseman, founder of Women on the Move. Good morning, everyone. Um, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Um, I'm glad that I tuned in. Thank you, Sister Kathy, for uh, telling me about the segment today. Um, I have two questions. Um, on last year, I, I have a I have a 20 year old that uh, is artistic. Um, his grandmother passed on his mother's side. He did not go to the the um, homeborn service. And I became so angry because I had an issue with that because he was so close to his um, grandmother. And then she was there for me when I was incarcerated when my son was two months old. So um, I, I also didn't... Uh, grieve that because I was also in a uh, a DV relationship and he would go through my phone and he took out very important information like I, I, I didn't make the home going service either because I knew that his auntie sent me the information but he deleted it out of my phone so I was angry at myself for still being in that relationship um, and then I became very angry with his dad because his dad told him to stay back because he's, he's artistic and he, he don't know what's going on. So my son, uh, he, he, he loves Jesus. He loves gospel music. And I knew something was wrong with him because when he would go to his room and chill, he didn't turn on no music. He was just sitting there looking at the ball. Because I had went in his room and I I uh, was checking on him and I was like, baby, why don't hear no gospel music? You know I'm be playing your gospel music. And he then that's when he had told me he said, Mom, I'm mad at my daddy because I couldn't go to um, my grandmama's uh, home going service. And so I became angry all over again. And then. Um, now I have a, a infant, and we have a, a death in the family. And my infant, he's 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 very happy. He wakes up clapping. He claps off. And so um, I'm struggling with: should I take him to? Should I take him to the home going service? Should I take him to the wake? Um, because I know when people are normally at home going services, people are crying, um, and I don't know if I don't know like how that would affect him because he's a happy baby. So um, I, I, I don't know what I don't know what to do. Uh, he doesn't know my cousin. Uh, he hadn't met her yet, so. Um, I, I, I don't know. 
I don't know what I should do. I don't know if I should stay back because I'm the only one taking care of him. It's just me and him and my family. They they help when they can. So I'm struggling with that part because I want I want to go. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we, we, got, we got to take a break because uh, I, I know this. The answer is going to take a little while. We want to give everybody a chance to really answer you because I know there are a lot of people that are struggling with that kind of thing. Well, Naima, I just want to let Latoya know right away because Latoya and I are, are we are friends, and uh, Latoya, you know I will keep Enoch, your beautiful baby, for you. Wonderful. And I and I support you going to the home going service because you have a lot of repressed grief that we will talk about later. Yeah, well, we'll be right back after this quick break, and we want you all to stick and stay. Don't stray away. Come on yes. back. And if you've got a story on your grief you'd like to share, give us a call, 515-605-9325, and press 1 so we know you have something to say. And you can join us visually on Facebook and YouTube. Go to Soulful Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green. And we will be right back after this quick break, so stay with us. I'm Viata, your holistic life coach. These days, it's more important than ever to work on your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Are you consciously breathing deeply in stressful moments? Do you have a plan or daily routine to maintain balance in your awesome body? Are you struggling to be disciplined in your eating habits? When you partner with me, I'll help you develop a personalized health plan that works for your particular lifestyle. You can find out more about me at yourholisticlifecoach.com where you can also review my three-step protocol to guide you to abundant health. That's yourholisticlifecoach.com and I'm Viato. Everything you need, what your body needs, is found in nature. So Susan Essentials doesn't do it any other way. Susan Essentials provides your employees and individuals access to over 20,000 nutritional products, and they are shipped direct to your door. Because Susan Essentials is certified in plant-based healing, we're permitted to offer you the best nutritional supplements on the planet. They're non-GMO and sustainably produced, and we take the guesswork out for you. Let Susan Essentials help you take control of your health today. Hi, I'm Mama Joy. And I'm Reverend Rosemary. Join us every second Saturday of the month, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Central Time, here on the Female Solution Global Radio TV Show for Neighborship of Joy. We'll have powerful conversations inviting women to walk in the light. So call in 515-605-9325 and press 1 to speak to the host. 
can also join us live on the Female Solution Facebook page and YouTube channel. We'll see you on the second Saturday on the Neighborship of Joy.
preparation that you've got to get ahead of, right? Okay, this thing is called life. Lessons, instructions for eternity. That's what life is. Lessons, instructions for eternity. So, you know, grief is a part of that. So a lot of times we get to that point where grief then takes takes precedent over our life. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, let you answer the young lady's question because I think um, I also have, you know, uh, a perspective on that as well because it depends on the level of if he's artistic, can he grieve properly? And he said, what is grieving properly? But think about you don't want him to shut down. You know what I'm saying? You don't want him to shut down and you can't rescue him in this grief. So, you know, she... And it would depend on how he deals with life, because even artistic people are way, the autism is something uh, way beyond what we even think or imagine. You know, that's, you know, that's all a different developmental thing. But to be artistic, it means that you are really smarter than most people. But anyway, that's just my opinion of that. You know what I'm saying? Because they, they look at life from a different platform yeah. all the way live. So they, they feel it differently as well. Right. So, um, but whatever, um, I think, uh, Ms. Kathy, you wanted to address that, yes, that question um, yes. that, that uh, caller yes. was um, asking. Yeah, uh, thank you, Dr. Debra Green. Uh, LaToya, I talked to LaToya because, you know, as I stated before, she is my friend, and my sister has a, a 13-year-old autistic child. And I told her that I feel, and I've done my own little research, that a lot of people that have autism, that are autistic, to me they're angels. The way they look at life, the way they respond emotionally, they're just like little angels to me. And they're so much more intelligent. They're on such a higher level than us. They feel more. So I support her actually talking to him and taking him to the service. He's like a little earth angel. However, I, I did tell LaToya that I support her wholeheartedly, but I believe that, again, she should talk to him about that because my 13-year-old nephew who has autism, my brother died, and he was very close to my brother, his uncle, and we talked it through. Like Ariel, remember we talked talk therapy. Talk it through. Talk talk therapy. That's what I call counseling. Talk therapy. So yeah, a person with autism, they're still a person, they're still a child. They're just on a higher level intellectually. You can talk to them, Latoya. You can talk it out. You know, uh a couple of things. What you said about autistic people and what I've learned from my studies that people who are autistic, they are on a spiritually higher level, and because of that, they feel the intensity of this negative environment, and so they create like a shield, uh, and that's why they sometimes seem distant, because they're trying to shield themselves from the negative energy of our of our society, and sometimes they may seem to, to close themselves off from communication with people. Uh, they may seem in their own world, and it's to protect themselves energetically from this negative environment. But as you say, you know, they, love, they're, they're, love. All, they're, they're loving beings and loving, and then you're um, the negativity of this environment. It can be painful. Shield yourself. 
But as you say, you know, we're all human beings, and everybody has a right to participate in the in the celebration of life of someone who is transitioning from this physical realm, and they're not going to see them again. And you know, when it comes to the funerals, my daughter, because uh, my husband, he had a large family. And when my daughter was born, it's like we were going to funerals every month. That was actually almost like our family reunions. Every every month, every two months, somebody was 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 having a funeral. But this is how she got to know the family. The family got to know her, and I was able to help her understand the the cycles of life, so that so that transitioning from life was not a frightening thing to her in a sense of I didn't say things like, oh, they're just asleep, you know, if, they're, if you see somebody sealed in a coffin, you know, that can be frightening to a child unless you explain it. Well, they're not in there. That's just a body that they were wearing. And children understand based on how you're able to explain it when you understand. So we can help children, whatever their situation is, to grieve and to to express their, their loss, like you say, personal uh, loss, and to feel okay with expressing those feelings however they need to express it. There's no right or wrong way to cry or, like you say, no um, expiration no date. If you want to cry all day, that's fine. You know, I mean, we have to allow our children to participate in the family's celebrations of life because it's more painful when you don't. It's like Dr. Debbie was saying, that grief gets suppressed and it's going to come out in some other way that's that's destructive to them and those around them. So let them participate. Let them express themselves. Don't judge them, and don't let anybody else judge them for however their behavior is. They're going to be okay, but they need to express their grief. Especially uh, children with autism, because remember, their spiritual antennas or their feelings are more intensified than us. And so my autistic nephew, the 13-year-old, we had talk therapy. I talked to him. I let him talk. I let him scream. Because, you know, people with autism, his, his level, he was just screaming. He was screaming. He was literally screaming. And I said, it's okay. And in the middle of his screaming, it's okay. It's okay. And then we just talked. Mm-hmm. Again, talk therapy. And, Ariel, you can relate to this as a seven-year-old when your grandfather died. Wouldn't you have liked it if someone had just listened to you and let you talk? I shut down. I didn't want to talk about it. Exactly. You needed an adult, Ariel, that could pay attention right. to you. Most kids don't. Yes, most kids don't talk. It's up to the adult. It's up to the adult, Ariel, to reach out to a seven-year-old. I didn't act out. It just, I didn't know I could feel pain that deep so young. I say that. I was just like, whoa, you know. It was heavy. It was real heavy. I didn't. I didn't think right. I was like that so young. So I just kind of processed it quietly. But I didn't. I didn't act out anything. Our whole family was devastated. So, but I'm still grateful that I got to experience him. So I have to always look at it like that. Yeah. So I hope we answer Latoya's question yeah. about what to, how to respond to that. And I'm, I'm supporting Latoya. Uh, with her baby and the funeral and her child, so let him feel it. Yes, Dr. Debbie, do you have any books that you would recommend for parents on how to help children deal with grief, like children's books? Um, children, mm, 
children's book. I have to research that uh, uh, because I mean I have from uh, the perspective of <laughs> yeah I, I know the perspective of what I'm saying for the view of what death is. You know because I'm a deaf doula. I'm a certified deaf doula. So mm-hmm. it's it is and and for those who don't know what that is, it's an inner life specialist. What I do is um, I counsel the families and also uh, prepare the person that is in transition uh, so that they won't carry all of the baggage, as one would say, you know, because that's what literally holds people in space and time. When it's time to transition, they hold on to emotional baggage. And um, I thank God for my spiritual gifts of propheticness that I will be you know, he usually, you know, tells me, the Holy Spirit tells me uh, at that particular moment, like, you know, this person is dealing with holding on to this from eight years old, five years old, because we rotate at the last 30 to 45 days. I don't know if people understand that, but um, uh, we literally rotate in our minds uh, when we're in transition. And if it's a sudden death, they do it in the time and space. It's the same way. If that person is uh, dying, uh, rather they got, I mean, five minutes would be a lifetime to them. You know, to us, it's just five minutes on earth, but it's a lifetime to a person that's in transition. And the time, it just keeps, you know, just spin, spin, spin. So all of this stuff that is holding on, what they hold on to, uh, it literally makes it very difficult for them to transition. But if you, again, help them to, and you, you know, to say, hey, I need you to release this, I need you to release this, I need you to release this, in the process of transition that helps. And you can also, um, when, if I can also say this, when it comes to children, I know we're really buffering today because my, the weather is terrible. We're here in Atlanta. I don't know how it is there in, in Chicago, but it's not good here. Um, an area where, like I said, when a child is shutting down, um, you have to stimulate the senses of the child before the child feels the comfort to open up. So what I always tell parents to do uh, when the child is going through a grief period, especially loss of a loved one, Holding and cuddling is very important, and rubbing, rubbing, you know, literally like rubbing them, you know, with some type of physical, uh, you you don't have to say anything, just hold them and rub them, and what you're going to do, you're going to stimulate the nervous system and slow down that body uh, consciousness of feeling the grief, because they're feeling warmth, they're feeling love. And what happens is the mind would then communicate with the heart to let know, okay, I feel safe because you're going to feel safe because you're cold. You're going to feel safe, and then it will give the heart a, a tug, as I would say, like, you know, okay, it's all right for me to let go. And usually tears come. Usually tears come. Even if they're not saying anything, they start to cry. And that's a signal letting you know heart is yielding. And then you then you rock them while you're rubbing them. You rock them. You rock them back and forth. And it doesn't matter if they're two years old to 17. Anybody, I mean, can do this to any anyone when it comes to children and also adults because you know adults shut down in grief as well. You know, this is something normal that people do. 
but uh, if they if they don't mind you touching them and you have to ask them, and I'm not saying strangers, I'm talking about people you know, so don't go around hugging strangers, okay? But what I'm saying, people that you may know, just let them know, you know, it's all right. And even you just take their hand and rub their hand, it's the same thing. I have had clients and, and patients that are going through grief, I immediately grab their hand and I start to rub it very gently and letting them know it's okay. It's all right. I need you to release now. And I talk to them very softly. I need you to release now. I need you to release now. Usually by the time I get to the seventh, I need to release. Tears will start falling because I'm, I'm actually, uh, as I said, stimulating their nervous system and coming through their senses. People want to feel safe when they're grieving. They want to feel safe because fear is at its highest level. You know, saying fear of the not having, fear of the uncertainty. So they want to feel that. So that's just another uh, strategy that I've used in my practice, uh, helping others to do that. Yeah. That, um, you know, when it comes to uh, understanding uh, the power of touch, the power of touch is extremely, extremely uh, valuable. We, you know, I don't think well, we've gotten away from the power of touch because of technology. You know what I'm saying? So we don't get the opportunity to say, hey, can I give you a hug? You know, we have hug classes where I am. I know that sounds a little weird, but I can speak to anywhere between 10 to 30 people. And I say, excuse me, if you don't mind that person hugging you, you don't mind that person hugging you, can we just hug each other for one time? No, you ain't got to get real because you do church hugs. It's okay. I just need you to I just need you to hug that, that person because that person needs Especially you can look in the eyes and say, oh, you feel sad today, don't you? Okay. All right. Okay. I tell you, everybody, just get up and just do a quick hug. Do a quick hug. Okay. Now, you know, and for those who do have problems with people touching them, okay, gives me to shake your hand. I need to shake your hand let you know, hey, somebody's here to help you. What touch therapy is extremely powerful. Extremely powerful. Um, well, you know, I, again, we're still talking about grief. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Dr. Debbie Green, about touch therapy. However, uh, millennials like Ariel, they're not touchy-feely. Yeah, well, Ariel is touchy-feely. <laughs> I guess know. it depends on, on the person. It, it, yeah, yeah, a lot of them are. Yeah. yeah it, it depends on the person. But yeah, I, a lot of them are. They can't Well, I, I touch them with words, like Ariel. Uh, oh, Latoya just sent me a message that uh, we did answer her question, and Latoya wanted me to tell Ariel that she is a pillar of strength. Yes. Hallelujah! Trying to my life, you know. I, you know, I love me some Ariel Bragg. Oh man, you know, I just, I, I just think you're all that a bag of potato chips. Oh, thank you. Y'all love me.
But mm. I was I wasn't fulfilled emotionally growing up, so I just I got I was I was a very sensitive like sensitive. Right. Not not easily, but just felt everything real. Yeah. But I also tied it into my intuition too, because people try to make it seem like mm. something wrong with me because I'm being sensitive. No, like I'm just not stupid. And you're not about to insult me or play with me. Like, I was a, I was a little bit troublesome to, a little bit just because, I don't know, I guess it was like I felt like I had to behave a certain way to get basic love and care. Like, if I didn't act like my other cousins or something, nobody really wanted anything to do with me because I'm just a little bit more vocal, maybe a little bit more chaotic. So they'll take it as that's wrong or you shouldn't be that way. Just because you're more laid back and chill doesn't make you like you're not toxic or like you don't have negative traits just because I'm more vocal and willing to speak out. That doesn't make me or toxic, that means I'm willing to stand up for myself, right. and I'm confrontational, and it doesn't have to be negative confrontation, but if it's a problem, I like to get, I like to solve it now, because yeah. I don't like the whole resentment, because then I explode, now you're looking like, what do I do, you know what I'm saying, so I try to, I, I like to get, I like to handle my issues right away, but like all of, like the suicidal attempts and the thoughts, the medications, I, I got around so many kids and them cycles, and from my experience, I'm like, so many kids are gifted. They're very gifted. And they get casted out because nobody understands them. And I feel like I was one of those people growing up. Like, I got casted out and outcast because I just was I was misunderstood. And you don't act like everybody else. So, you know, we don't really, you know what I'm saying, we don't really want to mess with you like that. Or play me on holidays, I'll never forget. Like, playing me on holidays or mistreating me on a Christmas or something. Like, I'll never forget it. You know, so... Honestly, I be I still be shocked that I'm saying sometimes, like, I don't know how I'm still saying, but a lot of stuff I've been through, but I'm saying, like, I'm cool, I'm solid, I'm stable, can't nobody shake me, can't nobody break me, like, you just can't, I'm iron, I'm steel, like, there is no breaking me. Well, that's, well, Ariel, that's why Latoya told me to tell you that you are a pillar of strength. Yes. You need to get you a big rock and put it in your house and say, that's me, Ariel. <laughs> I, mean, I am the rock, yeah. It, it was difficult because I had to really learn how to restore my own vitality. I didn't get that from outside. I had to learn very young to pump my own heart, my own blood. Because yeah. and, and it's like now that I am where I am mentally, it's intimidating people. It's intimidating people who want to cross my boundaries. It's intimidating to family members who may still see me as a child or know they can't talk to me a certain way. Because mm. you got to give me respect. You have to. Because I'm going to give it to you, but you got to give me respect. You can't talk to me like the way you used to. Like, I'm 12, 13 years old. I'm getting called B-words, A-words, and I did not know why. No. Like, I can confidently say I wasn't doing anything to deserve it, you know. So I was a little, you know, loony in the head because I'm like, I don't understand why my family put me through this stuff. But, you know, and but they think, well, we and I traveled a lot as a little girl. We take you places. You've been here. You've been to Mexico. I like. I'm grateful for that. But it's like I still wasn't emotionally fulfilled. So it's like instead of y'all trying to understand me, y'all immediately to adopt with the medication. And right, that's the point. I didn't like. Right, right. Yeah, we have a couple of callers mm-hmm. on the line. Uh, I think one well, just dropped. I thank you so much for sharing that. I appreciate that. Yeah. Oh, one second. Just give me just give me give me a half a second here. This is the reason why people are suffering because people are not emotionally available. Like you said, you know, because if a person, uh, you know, doesn't want to be touched, it's because they were they were not their parents or whoever raised them was not emotionally available. 
you understand the value. I'm talking to Miss Area. You understand the value of touch because touch is valuable when you can allow yourself to feel that. And like I said, you know, we we I use both. I use touch therapy and I use talk therapy because those two are very important to use because we're stimulated through our senses. Go ahead and take those callers right now. Yeah, I think I think a couple of stopped, but they'll uh, come back and. Uh, well, we got one at, at 312-833. We'll squeeze you in before the break. Uh, go right ahead. Uh, give us your name, and your, uh, where you're from, where you, and your questions for our Well, on y'all, shalom. Ahura. We don't die. We multiply. That's just beautiful. And that power is a way of life. I'm Brother Minister Plump, Robert Floyd Plump, Chicago, Illinois. And the first thing I want to say is uh, uh, assalamu alaikum to our sister uh, Naima Latif and your guest. You know, for anyone that might not want touched, uh, then don't force yourself or anyone force themselves on anyone else, okay? Uh, respect is everything. And uh, for the artistic people, yes. I'm just saying, for the artistic people, uh, they always uh, is a, a special gift from God. And they are like angels to me. Uh, in reality, you know, uh, we all are blessed, uh, no matter who they are, and they can be blessed uh, uh, as a superstar, even as a artistic person. Uh, you know, when you learn better, you know better, and you do better. I've had some uh, unique uh, and essential, uh, I would say, experiences that, uh, you know, no one uh, uh, can say that I am, that I am not a genius. And artistic people are usually geniuses because they are different. Uh, You know, uh, it, it means to me that they are essential. The world responds to need, greed, or curiosity. So we all need each other. And thank God for Sister Naima Latif and the Female Solution. Because, we thank and you, you too, Dr. We thank you we, so we, much. We've we got to take a break now. Yeah. We'll be right okay, back. Okay, well, can, can I come break. back after the uh, break? I'll be, I'll be right here. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, hold on. We'll be right back after this quick break. And we invite you all to stick and stay. Don't stray away. We'll be back in a moment. Uh, with Soulful Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green. And if your call drops, uh, that happens sometimes if you're traveling, you know, uh, call back in. We'll we'll open your mic. And, of course, to take charge of your health. I'm Viata, your Holistic Life Coach, and every Friday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, I'm here on The Female Solution to empower you to make choices that will assist your evolution to abundant health. I'm also blogging every Sunday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time at Soul Purpose Healing where I bring you a spiritual chiropractic adjustment to bring you back into alignment with our Creator's love, compassion, and wisdom. 
Join me every Friday morning at 8 a.m. and Sunday evening at 8 p.m. for a time of unity, enlightenment, and love vibrations. Shalom. Is Monday morning a struggle to get out of bed into the swing of things? Well, don't worry, you are not alone. Join us for thought-provoking, stimulating, and mindful conversations on higher learning with Zelda Speaks for your Monday morning mindfulness sessions on Blog Talk Radio, The Female Solution, Mondays, 7.30 until 9 a.m. Be sure and send your ideas, thoughts, comments, and suggestions. Also, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, visit zeldaspeaks.com and send us your info. We'd love to have you. Experience mindfulness moments with the mindfulness slash stress relief coach, Zelda Speaks. And thanks for sharing the mindfulness moment tip of the day. Stay on purpose, stay empowered, and stay tuned to your next session of mindfulness on higher learning with Zelda Speaks. Make it a mindful day. And thanks for listening. Have you ever dreamed of going to exotic places, meeting fascinating people, enjoying uplifting music, and spending nights in a luxurious hotel? Do you look forward to a relaxing vacation where you can walk along the beach or sit in a quiet park and enjoy the sunset or sunrise? Whether you're flying around the world or driving across the country, we will share travel tips that will help you stay safe while you enjoy the journey. Join me every third Saturday of the month, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, and move around with Deborah here on the Female Solutions Show. Call in and comment, 515-605-9325, and press 1 to speak.
Uh, and it's kind of a children's book on saying goodbye, you know, helping with grief. And then also I sent you a uh, link to a video, uh, and this was by uh, Hans Wilhelm, Death and Dying, explained by Hans Wilhelm. And he's kind of like a children's book author also, and, and he produces children's videos or videos that children can understand on the, the process of life and death, and he's got a whole series called the Life Explained series. So these are, are a couple of tools that people may use if they want okay. to open up the conversation, you know, share these things with, with young people who are dealing with a loved one's transition. Our culture really doesn't handle death very well. Uh, we don't have right. We don't have a way of helping children see the continuity of life where you're you know, you're ever existing, you're, um, you know, this 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 transition from from out of the body does not mean it's the end of your existence. And because we have, you know, different faiths, different belief systems, some people use the fear of heaven and hell and all of that to, to scare their children into right behavior, so they end up having a fear of death, a, a fear of God in the sense of somebody who's going to beat you like your parents beat you. And that that doesn't open you up to the love of God and the love of the Creator that is is there to comfort you. So we have to rethink even the things that we project because they're they're not healthy or helpful to children who are going to experience the transition of a loved one just because people leave here all the time. Right. And we have to be prepared for that and prepare them for that. Especially if somebody's ill, you right. know, and 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 you know that it's terminal. They need to be able to uh, emotionally prepare for the grief process, and we as parents need to be prepared for however their behavior may change, so that we're not punishing them for disobedience. We're understanding that they're grieving, and sometimes we just like uh, Kathy was saying. Sometimes you need a hug, you know. You just need a hug, and then of course, Dr. Debbie she can explain how to hug the person who's grieving, even if they're even if they're stony faced and shut down. Yeah. You know that there's pain inside. And you, exactly, yes, ma'am. It is because you always ask for permission first. Yeah. I was uh, going to tell um, you know, uh, Mr. Plum, Minister Plum, um, that you don't just go around and just hug somebody. Yeah. No, you ask because <laughs> that is their personal you ask. space. I don't care if they're two years old to a hundred. Right. So, excuse me, can I touch? And you well, yeah, yeah. You always ask. And you always ask because again, people who struggle with yeah. touch uh, did not have emotional availability when they were when they were young. They didn't get cuddled. So they, they, they struggle with that, and that's one thing because I work with adolescents, adults, and also the geriatric community. So you always ask, them, do you mind if I touch you? And they'll say, well, I don't, you know, they, they move back. They say, no, I just want to touch your hand. Do you mind if I hold your hand? And you do you rub them on the hand. You don't touch them on their body parts. You know what I'm saying? Now, if for some, what to hug? Because I've had adolescents to walk in my office and they were going through and boo crying. I would be, be uh, you know, non-existent, but most of all, you know, not the mama T that I am. Okay, come here, baby. Let me hug you. And they, and they felt better. Yeah. I don't do it all the time. I do it when necessary. It's PRN, PRN hugging, y'all. No, I don't go around hugging.
all your people. It's PRN. Oh, that's necessary. But what's PRN? Some people just need that comfort right there in that moment. Yeah, what is PRN for people who don't know? As necessary. What, what does PRN stand for? As as necessary. Oh, as necessary. Okay. It means as necessary. You you get it when you need it. Ah, I see. Yeah, only see. as necessary. That's P R N. Okay. That's a, that's a medical term. Oh, okay. As necessary. I learned something new you today. You don't you don't you don't do it all the time because everybody's right. Doesn't want to be young. And you but know what? <laughs> but that's, but like a, that's a that's a good point know, also. When people are in pain. That's what they do. They they want they want that. But you know uh, something also. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad we I'm, I'm glad that we brought that okay. up because a lot of people will make a child go and hug somebody and the child doesn't and you you know you're like okay go hug I'm Sadie that child don't know this woman so you know you you have to also be sensitive to when children don't want to hug somebody do not make somebody hug somebody like Minister Plum was saying you know don't force it from <laughs> Because I can remember as a child, I didn't, I, I, I didn't like hugging people that I didn't know, you know. Well, and wait a minute, Naima, Naima, what about uh, as a child, I remember oh, hugging people. Hug. I remember hugging someone, Ariel, oh, back in the spring, when I was young, and they were older people, and they smelled. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, a child is honest. I have seen where somebody will punish a child no, for being honest and saying. What are you talking about that? <laughs> but, you know, but, but, you know, but, this, but, <laughs> but, you know, when, when an older person and, and you know, the child is honest. And they say, but she smells bad, and you know you want to punish the child. fathers out there, um, I, as well as I want to shout out the Female Solution for, for, for providing the platform for us to be able to speak out. Um, we have an upcoming Father's Day 
parade on June 18th at 55 West Washington um, at the Field House. I would love to see everyone. I love there. you, my sister, but we only got a couple of minutes. So if you're going to speak, yes. I really need you to ask a question on the subject. No. I love you, but we really need you to do that. If you got a question or comment on the topic of grief, I love yes, you. Yes, well, you I- know, grieving is definitely a, um, a sensitive time or whatnot like that, and it's always good for us to, you know, have time to be able to, you know, um, support each other. Um, um, so, yeah, so I was just calling in to shout out, you know, we having the Father's Day Parade and just to say, yeah, grieving is definitely a time to be um, sensitive and to, you know, take everything at ease, well, you know. So you. that's my take Share. on it, you know, and I appreciate the platform. Thank you for calling in. Solution. Thank you. Thank you. All righty. Chicago. want to say hi to all of the women and the producer of the show as well as my girl, uh, Debbie. Hallelujah, God. And so what I want us to say, um, it's, if you're talking about grief, grief is something that's very, um, it's very serious, it's very, it's very, it's just a situation where I tell everybody that we must go to the Lord and ask him to comfort us where he is our comforter. We must know that God understands grief. Jesus even well. Uh, after um, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, Lazarus has uh, died, passed away. But I say today, I think that today grief is something that people don't take serious. They take it too lightly. They don't understand that people can grieve from different things and different places and, 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 and situations. But I say that we all must pray and ask God to heal, save, and deliver us from being in that type of situation because grief can cause a person to want to commit suicide. Come on, y'all, hear what I'm saying. Grief can make you just um, stay away from people and shine off. And so what I said is this, um, Dr. Debbie Green, I know that grief is very serious because I I don't grieve, but uh, grieving the Holy Spirit. Look that up. Look up the scripture that talks about grieving the Holy Spirit. So grief can be very serious, but I say to everyone, if we just get the filled with the Holy Spirit, study the word, and we pray. That is what, it would deliver us from grief and everything else each and every day, and that's what I say to everyone. God bless you. Well, thank you so much, and God bless you, Sister Darva. We appreciate all that you do. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, my sister. And, you know, I think that uh, when some people have a, a faith, that helps them cope with a transition. Some people do not. I think it's more difficult if you are uh, someone who's thinking that, well, when someone leaves, that's the end, and I'll never see them again. And, you know, not only do they have more fear of of death, uh, more lack of ability to understand it or, or even explain it to children or to understand other people's expression of it, of 
So it helps to have an understanding from a spiritual mm-hmm. perspective. You are not this body. This body goes back to the earth. You are an eternal being having this temporary experience. I think the more people who understand that, the more our culture will have a healthy way of handling the transition out of body. Because that's all it is. You're just changing addresses. Well, you know what, Eric? Now, yeah. When I tell people, Dr. Debbie Green, that are not are not on that spiritual level, I just give them, give them a scientific explanation too about death. You know, the first law of thermodynamics is energy that is never created or destroyed; it only changes form. Yes, yes. So spirit, because it's never born and never dies, the spirit lives. Correct. And and then if they if they want more detail, I'll just tell them that. That person, if they want a spiritual explanation, I will give that to them because I was extremely suicidal when my mother died. Mm. I told Dr. Debbie Green, told Naima, tell anyone wants to hear it. It wasn't until an older elder of the church noticed me across the pews, Mm. knew that something was going on, took me underneath their wings, Ariel, paid for me to go to school so that I could be a certified bereavement grief specialist to help others, like Ariel is going to do. Oh, man. <laughs> I would love that, though. It's, it's going to happen. Amen. Amen. Yes. Absolutely. I also feel like, you know. Yes. My well, that's, that's awesome. Like I said, we got just another talk. You only got I was just going to say, like, you know, my set of practices are Eastern-based. African-based, and I will say most of us in America, we grieve death in a very painful way, more so in Eastern civilizations. It's more, the life is more celebrated versus just grieving. Like, even in New Orleans, maybe you may see, like, they may have a band, a whole celebration for it, and I'm like, I feel like that's more so how people should, Mm -hmm. it's better that way, because it's like, I mean, like the grief, you can really sit in that for a long time. Not mm-hmm. like this country is made up of enough grief. You know, like it's enough grief in this country from even the, from the way it was created. Right. It's enough grief in, in this soil. It's enough grief in. Mm. I wish the trees would talk. It's enough grief. You know. So I'm just. I just feel like. You know, I would never tell anybody. You know, what to believe or nothing. But at the same time, like. We should celebrate and just appreciate the time that we have people. You know, versus feeling like. Oh my God! But I'm like, if energy never dies, then we will meet again. Like, if it's not that, like, we'll 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 link up again. Like, we'll see each other again. Correct. Yeah, but Ariel, I like what you said about your dream. You're either gonna take the elevator up or down. Or you're take the elevator down. Right. Correct. Hold <laughs> in the baggage or let it all go, and you can rise. Yeah. And get to the light because you're going because you can't see nothing in the dark. Well, Jesus is the light. You can't yeah. see nothing in the dark. You just we got another uh, caller. Yeah, it's in. The dark, so I say uh, really you know what? Uh, Naima, uh, yeah. Dr. Debbie Green, the facilitator, the one that saved me out of the hands of suicide, she wants to call in. Her name is Darlene Lewis. Okay, well, we got a caller, 773-530. Your mic is open. Give us your name where you're calling from and your question or comment for our Okay. Everybody yes, yes, this is, this is AMG Peace God oh. calling in live from New Mecca. Chicago, province of Illinois. Um, you know what I mean? I wasn't going to talk because I'm in transit, you know what I mean? But I've been listening to the show since I've been out. Um, but um, it's a beautiful thing that we speak on 
um, grief, and we have the understanding that energy um, continues, it doesn't dissipate, it continues with everlasting. But let's um, also speak on the grief that the whole earth is um, grieving of. You know what I mean? Let's speak on the grief of the trees. You know what I mean? That's being cut down on a daily basis. Let's speak on the grief of the animals that's being locked up against their will. You know what I mean? Let's speak on, you know what I mean? So, so, you know what I mean? Let's speak on the, 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 the grief that the whole earth is um, grieving and waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. You know what I mean? The children of God to manifest themselves. So, you know what I mean? Uh, I, I encourage all the fathers and mothers and I encourage everyone uh, on the line to, to, to join us in atonement. You know what I mean? Um, June 18th, you know, once again at the field house. I encourage, you know what I mean, everybody that's listening to, to join us and, you know what I mean, uh, togetherness, you know what I mean, in peace and love and unity in the community. So praise God uh, for the female solution, you know what I mean, for having the platform. And God bless. Y'all bless. Thanks so much for calling. We appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so we certainly have uh, had an opportunity to thank you. Uh, share some uplifting words about grief and Dr. Debbie, you know, a lot of people are uh, reluctant to talk about their pain because of the experience of not being allowed to express it as children. How do you get people to open up when they are that shut down person or they've been made they've been shamed out of crying when they're grieving? How do you get them to open up and and express, you know, grief that might be years and years and years, you know, someone has passed away and they're still grieving and it's affecting them. How do you get them to talk about it? Mhm. I would say uh, well, one thing about uh opening up because uh let me let me uh share share this with you. Um the thing about this is what the heart does when we grieve, it closes. And when we allow ourselves to heal, it opens. So when the heart is closed, then that's when we can't breathe. Okay? We only it only beats enough. You only get shallow. You 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 breathe shallow. You breathe shallow, and it's just enough for your heart to beat so your body can move. You see what I'm saying? So we get to that lowest energy. That's why grief takes away from our energy source. It makes us feel that we can't move. It makes us feel that we can't open up, you know, to anything or anyone. So we do the shutdown method because that's all we know what to do because the body conscious just slowly shuts down. So what I do with my clients and patients, I have to ask them a question. Are you ready? That's the first thing I ask them. Are you ready to transition? Are you ready? Are you ready to go through your fears concerning your loss. Because if you're not ready, then it's it's not going to happen, right? So for those after they say, well, if you're not ready, help. let me help you get you ready, right? Because I'm so sorry, it's not an option for you to continue to be closed because you're dying inside. And because I know you're dying inside because you're at your lowest state of depression, you're at your lowest state of um, ADLs with activities of daily living, you can barely eat. You can barely keep your eyes open or you can't sleep at all. So you're being disturbed. Your whole being has been disturbed because of what you're going through. And so a lot of times I have to throw them a hope rope, Naima. A hope rope. I like a hope that. rope is where I say, okay, I'm going to throw this rope out there while you're in your store. Mm-hmm. And
says, I, I need you to grab a hold of it. And I know it's hard for you to grab a hold on and hold on tight. But if you hold on tight while you are in your storm, I, I will pull you to shallow water. Mm. Now, once you get to shallow water, I'm going to ask you to stand. And when you stand, and then I'm going to ask you to walk. Because you got to walk back out to dry land. Because, see, dry land is where your peace is going to come from. It's where your freedom is going to come from. It's where your power will be executed so that you can get your life back from what was stolen. Mm, So this is how I have to talk to them to let them know you're not in an area of despair. You're in an area of rescue. So I need you to self-rescue while I'm rescuing you. And most of the time they do that. Yeah. Okay, most of the time, okay, most of the time that's when they're ready because, see, I done motivate them and fire them all in five minutes, but they're like, well, Dr. Green ain't going to let me go, so I might as well come on. <laughs> well, that's good. With there you go. Yeah, yeah we got yeah, one more yeah. call. We got about 30 seconds, call, uh, 773 Hey, Greece is on the stage. We can talk about honey. Yes. Yeah, everybody can relate. Yeah, your mic is open, 773-371. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your question or comment for our guest. Hi, my name is Darlene. I'm a soldier of Cassie Ellington, and I just dialed in, and I enjoyed the uh, caller's response. Uh, As being a grief counselor myself, it is... um, kind of difficult sometimes to get someone who's in pain, any kind of pain, doesn't have to be grief, uh, to let you inside for them to have confidence in you that um, you can be of help to them in some kind of way. Nothing is always perfect, but if they trust us to walk alongside of them, uh, during this uh, tragic moment of their life or most painful moment of their life. Plus, the body keeps score of the hurt and the pain that they have dealt with down through the years, not just for a recent from a recent loss. But I, I agree with the speaker that it takes time. And you they have to believe that you're offering them hope. Uh, They have to believe that you're just not going to see them for one time um, uh, because you have a support group at Apostolic. And people have come. We're we're about to go. We only got about a minute left, about 60 seconds. But we want to definitely have you back Uh uh, to talk more about some of that work that's being done and we thank everybody who's been here. And, of course, you got another last last word, Dr. Debbie Green. Awesome. Thank you, everyone that called in. Thank you for Blog Talk Radio and Facebook and YouTube. If you're watching, make sure you hit that um, that subscribe button. So, so And leave us a comment on how you were affected by grief as well as any other topics that you want to uh, have me discuss on. Again, thank you to the panel. I appreciate everything that y'all put in and put out into the world and know that, you know, use your words, use your gifts to magnify the kingdom because you're a kingdom personnel, whether you realize it or not, okay? So get in line. And it's a wonderful thing. Again, really, really quickly, you know, the body keeps the score. There's a book that's been written on that. 
show today, but you can hear every show in the archives at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution. You can also hear today's show on the Female Solution Facebook page. Go to www.facebook.com slash the-female-solution. Leave your comments about today's show. You can always reach me on my website at www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. Watch our TV shows, listen to our radio shows, order our books, and be sure to get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to thank all of you who participated in today's discussion. And to our global family listening from all around the world, we say thank you. To our family in China, Sheshe, India, Zanyaba, Japan, Arigato, Korea, Kamsanida, Russia, Spasiba, Germany, Danke, Poland, John Kujun, France, Merci. Spain, gracias, Italy, grazie, Egypt, shukran, Ghana, medasi, Nigeria, eshe, South Africa, Ngiabonga, Senegal, Gareth, Kenya, asante, Israel, toda, Pakistan, shukriya, Afghanistan, Tashakor, Saudi Arabia, Shukran. Assalam alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Thank you, and may peace be upon you and the mercy of God and God's blessing.